You are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned after it for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Yeah, hi everybody, welcome back. Welcome if you're new at Mosaic. My name is Morgan, the lead pastor here, and uh, I'm so thrilled that you are here with us today. What a great day. How about that weather? Glory to God. All right. Um, Especially for all you visiting friends and family, you picked the right time. Anyway, all right, that's a little snapshot, pun intended, haha, about what we are a part of at Mosaic, which is a ministry, global ministry, global family called Every Nation and focuses on church planning, world missions, and campus ministry in more than 80 nations across the globe. And so this coming year, Every Nation will be turning 30. It's a little advertisement about that. Also lets me talk about something really cool that's coming up that Every Nation does once every three years, which is to host a global world conference. It's called the Go Conference, and this coming October is going to take place in beautiful Cape Town, South Africa. Pretty great. Carrie and I will be going. A number of our leaders and a few members from Mosaic will be going. If you'd like to join us and thousands of your spiritual family around the world, you can go to everynation.org and click on Go Conference to find out more. All right? Well, again, part of our... Family here in the U.S. and the Every Nation family is uh, someone you're going to be hearing from in just a moment. It's my honor again to introduce our friend, Pastor Reggie Roberson. He's been here with us uh, since Friday night, had a moment with our staff and deacons yesterday morning, and then with the church at large last night because in addition to his day job, which is being the lead pastor at the amazing multi-ethnic congregation that is Kings Park International Church in the Raleigh-Durham Triangle, North Carolina area, Reggie also serves as a senior prophet within our Every Nation family. We're a church that believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Reggie's got a special gift and grace and really training to be able to just hear messages from God for individuals and for churches, and we had some space and time to do that last night. Uh, He's got a background in campus ministry, although he went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. He also served as a campus missionary at Duke University. He'll tell you why in just a moment. After serving in campus ministry for 17 years, he also, again, now has gone on to be uh, a lead pastor at a thriving church there in North Carolina. He's got a beautiful family. You can see him here on the screen. That's his Nigerian queen, Bomi, right there. There are three beautiful children. He's also the author of a book you can pick up on Amazon called Spiritual Gifts, where he outlines how to activate the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life, I think we've got a shot of that book. If not, we'll make sure. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Got your name on there, the title, all that. Way to go. Yeah, very good. Would you please welcome with me our friend this morning, Pastor Reggie Roberson. Come on up here. Well, I tell you what, I am excited to be here with you this morning really is a privilege, and uh, I will uh, just affirm the fact that yes, I did go to UNC Chapel Hill, and I did campus ministry there, and also at another school called North Carolina Central, and then I made my way to Duke University, and these are rivals, just in case you did not know, Uh, and it's a really big deal, and so uh, everyone asked me, why did you go to Duke if you're from North Carolina, and I told them that God told me that I have to send you to reach the devils. And that's, you gotta reach the devils, gotta bring them to me, so. 
Anyway, it's been a privilege to be here and get a chance uh, to come back to uh, Texas, which is my birth state. I was born in uh, Colleen County. My dad was actually in the Army in Fort Hood. Um, and I love it because there's a draw here for me in the food, like Tex-Mex and some good old barbecue. So glory to God. <laughs> you know, I want to I jump into our message this morning uh, at Pastor Morgan asked me to share. You guys have been in a series on Ephesians, and he said, let's just take a break, and you speak whatever you feel the Lord has uh, for you this morning. And I believe that, that God has an encouraging word for you. And um, how many of you know that God is moving in our country in a very unique way now? That there are some, there's a special river of God's blessing and power that's sweeping through our country. Um, how many of you are aware of the Asbury Revival? I know that was brought up before here. But God is doing something. And I believe that he wants us to participate in what he's doing. I was talking to my pastor friend from New York, and he was sharing how they've baptized about 24 people in the last three months. And two of them, at least two of them, said that they came because they had a dream that Jesus appeared to them in that dream and told them to go to church, told them where to go to church. Isn't that something? I mean, this, that, this, these are the things that are happening. I've heard there's been some things like that happening here. Another situation uh, was that a lady, we, we ordered some food from DoorDash, and she came to our church, and she said as soon as she crossed the threshold, she heard an audible voice say, you need to come back to this church. This is going to be your church home. I mean, th these are the things that are happening. I was in San Antonio recently, and, and, and I, I made a call for people to receive the, the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and 14 people came forward, and it blew my mind because it was like 60% of them were over 60, and the other 40% were under 22. And all of them received the power of the Holy Spirit that night. God is just moving in our country in a very powerful way. And I believe that God's not only moving in our country as a whole, but he's gonna move, and he's moving in Mosaic Church. How many of you believe that right now? Praise God. I want to take a moment to just speak some words over this church. Pastor Morgan, if you don't mind standing, we can extend our hands. How many of you love your pastors? They are awesome. Great leaders. Pastor Morgan not only leads this church, but he helps to, to, to lead our, our North American um, region. So we're grateful for his, for his leadership over the years. He's also uh, been leading in campus ministry as well many years ago. We've benefited much from his leadership on a national level as well. So grateful for them. Let me just speak over, just extend your hands. This is gonna be over you as well when I speak this word. The Lord says that there's gonna be a stream of power that flows through this church. In fact, there's going to be a unique, tangible presence that people will be drawn to, even in, in the worship, even in the preaching of the word. In fact, signs and wonders are going to take place, and there's going to be even miracles. There's going to be salvations and healings and deliverance that take place, says the Lord. 
my hand is going to be on this church. And there's going to be an outpouring of this church even into the community where individuals will be touched by my power and my spirit, says the Lord. And there's even going to be uh, schools that open up. I see two schools that will open up, high schools, and there will be three campuses where I'm going to move by my spirit, says the Lord. And there's going to be a budding revival presence that will happen and many will come to me, says the Lord. The Lord says that there even, there's going to be a Macedonian call where there's going to be nation that, that calls out from you. And I even sense that there is, it's within the Central America and the Caribbean and the Latin American world. But there's going to be a call that comes forth and that I will send you to that place and I will send you to other nations where there'll be ongoing unique missional moments and my hand will be upon you to reach even internationally as a church. And the Lord also says that, that even... I, I saw a picture this morning of a diamond, and the Lord says there will be four congregations that will spring forth. You have two of them now, but there's two more that will be coming, and the Lord says there will be growth and there will be increase even as I release the harvest in this particular time and season for Mosaic Church. Can we give God praise for that? Praise God. Awesome. So God's moving, and he is going to visit this church. And I believe that what God wants us to know is that he wants participation in a visitation, in his, visit, in his visitation for us. The, 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 see, the question is, is, is for us is that God is he's wanting to move, but will we miss his visitation, or will we catch it? Will we be a part of it? Will, will we get the good things that God has for us? This is the question. I want to look together this morning at Luke chapter 19, 35 through 44. I want to read this to you. These are nine verses. It's a very powerful scene. I'll comment on what it means as we go, go through this. It says, and they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. That was what they brought to Jesus, the colt. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered them, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when the, in, your enemies will set up a barricade around you and will surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you. I want you to read this with me. It says this, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for helping us to understand this word and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God is visiting 
the Jews through Jesus in this particular moment, and Jesus is a walking revival. I mean, everywhere he goes, there's signs, wonders, miracles, lepers being cleansed, the, the poor have the gospel preached to them, there's radical transformations that are happening. This is an amazing moment, and this is the moment that was prophesied about many years beforehand. Jesus is turning lives around. He's doing amazing things, but yet there are still those that will reject him. They'll crucify him. They'll turn on him. And this is a conundrum for me because I'm thinking about how the the, the Jews had 400 years of silence. There was no prophetic voices. There was no signs and wonders until John the Baptist shows up on the scene. Now you have a prophet Still no signs and wonders from John the Baptist. Jesus shows up and he's doing signs and wonders to show his Messiahship. And the reason why he wants to do it is so that the people can have life if they believe in him. But yet they still don't see it. And he gets so grieved by this. He he, he says, I long to give them peace. But they wouldn't have it. They were missing the visitation. And, and, and the question for us is, will, will we get the things that God longs to give us, these good things that he wants us to have? Will we see and participate in the visitation that God is bringing to America, that God is bringing upon this church in this city? This is the question for us. I believe that God wants us to participate in the visitation. So how do we do that? There's three things I want to highlight here. The first thing is if we're going to participate in the visitation, we must have a devoted exaltation. Devoted exaltation. What's interesting about this is that as they're going into Jerusalem, this is right before the triumphant entry. There's going to be a a moment of praise. And when they're there coming down the Mount of Olives, and then there'll be a moment of praise in Jerusalem as well when people will celebrate him. And there'll be some of the same things that will be said. Hosanna, save us, Lord. You're the king. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. All these things are being said. And listen, they get this right. In fact, the Pharisees are like, hey, stop saying these things about Jesus. And and Jesus says, actually, no, they're right. I am the Messiah. I am God. And I do receive worship because he really is the king of the universe. And so they get it right. They're praising God. They're following Jesus. That's exactly what we need to do. We need to praise God. We need to continue to worship him because God, it says in Psalm 22, 3, he inhabits or he visits the praises of his people. So praise is important. God prepares us for what he wants to do when we praise him. And then they are following Jesus. That's something we need to do. Wherever Jesus is going, that's where he's calling us to go. We're saying, God, I want to obey you. This is speaking to obedience. It means that we obey God, his will, God's way, and God's time. And this is what you see. They're getting it right in this particular moment. But, But what they get wrong is not the exaltation part. It's the devoted part. They don't remain devoted to him. In fact, some of them that are literally in this party, they're going to betray him. They're going to abandon Jesus. And some of them will even turn against him 
and ask for his crucifixion. And why is that? It's because there were some things that didn't work out the way they thought they should work out. And because of that, these unmet expectations are, are led to them saying, hey, Jesus, you know, maybe you're not the one that we were looking for after all. You see, this is what happens to us when things are, are going on in our lives. That it's like, oh, this isn't working out the exact way I thought it would. We become passive. Many times we also just can quit or we try to take things into our own hands. We say, well, I'm just going to make this happen. I'm going to force it. And, this is be and then we lose the praise and the exaltation. See, we don't get silenced by the religious people, the Pharisees. We get silenced by our circumstances. Our circumstances start to mute our praise for God when the reality of it is that whether circumstances are, are working out the way you think, it doesn't change who God is. God is good. And God is good all the time. He's good all the time. God is good. And then he is also working things out for your good. If you love him and you're called according to his purpose, God is good. And we have to remember that even when things aren't working out in our lives the way we think. I mean, we do really good celebrating when everything's going right, right? When my sports team is winning, I'm celebrating. You know, the second they're losing, like, who are they? I don't know who they are. I don't want to mess with them. You know, the Cowboys get so far, and then <laughs> Pastor Morgan don't want me to talk about it because I'm actually a 49ers fan. Sorry. But we just, we stop celebrating when things aren't going right. It's about the situation instead of about the person and God said, no, I'm looking for devoted exaltation because of who I am, not because of everything that's happening. And when you devote yourself to that, then I will visit you in power and with my grace. And this is what he's speaking to. And so this kind of leads to the next thing is not only do we need devoted exaltation, we also need to adjust our expectations What's interesting to me is that you see Jesus, he's, he's going down the hill, down the Mount of Olives, up to Jerusalem, and he has this celebratory moment. And then the next thing you know, as he's getting ready to go up, he starts to weep. He goes from celebrating to weeping. And you're like, what is going on here? Jesus is God. He's not unstable. What's happening is he knows the hearts of people. He knows that they're going to lose their devotion, that all of that praise that they were doing in that particular moment is going to be lost. And why is it going to be lost? It's because their expectations won't be met. And so it's interesting, but the, 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 the disciples, they're, they're, they're looking for Jesus to do certain things in their lives. I mean, they're thinking, hey, Jesus is going to march into Jerusalem. He's going to kick Rome's butt, throw them out of that place. And then he is basically going to dominate and take over the world right from the center of Jerusalem. And I do want to say this. 
that one, Jesus, one day Jesus will return to the Mount of Olives and he will go the same route he just took. He was going to the cross at this particular moment, but later he's going to be going to establish his kingdom in the new heaven, new earth, and those who are with him will reign and rule and live forever and ever with him. But this wasn't that moment. He was coming not as the lion, but as the lamb. And they were totally violated in their expectations because Jesus didn't come to dominate his enemies. He came to die for his enemies. I'm happy for that, aren't you? Romans 5, 8, while I was a sinner and an enemy, he died for me. He didn't come to take power. He came to give power. The disciples didn't know what to do with this. Neither did all the people who were celebrating in this particular moment. This is what happens when we have these unmet expectations in our lives. We can be looking at something and we're not seeing what God is actually doing. And so it discourages our participation in the visitation. In the 1970s, there was a great revival that took place called the Jesus Movement. But what was happening is that all these pastors, they were praying because there was so much turmoil during that time. I mean, there was oil crisis, wars, there was inflation. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Does this sound familiar? You know I mean, there were civil rights things taking place. I mean, it was, it was crazy, and people were preaching, the end of the world is coming, it's gonna happen. And the, the pastors were praying, Lord, send revival, send revival. And they were hoping that the people who got saved were the ones that were dressed like them, that had these suits on and that looked nice. They called them squares. But that isn't who God sent, was sending to them. God was sending hippies, barefooted, bell-bottom wearing, drugs, perversion, all of this type of stuff to them. They're, he was sending them. And it, the thing is, is that it, most of them were like, we, we don't want to have anything to do with it. But there was one man and, and a few others that joined them later, Chuck Smith, that said, hey, you know what? I'm going to open my church up to them. I'm going to make a decision to adjust my expectations of what I think God should bring to me. And I'm just going to receive what he's put right in front of me. And I, I'm, going to, I'm going to just minister to them and love on them. And what happened is that, that one time after another, literally one week, thousand baptized. And another thousand and another thousand. After weeks and weeks and weeks, tens of thousands baptized. Revival broke out. And we call it the Jesus movement, the Jesus revolution. See, my question for you is it's, what are you expecting? Is it what God actually wants to bring to you? Does it look the way that, that, that you think it should or perhaps is God trying to do something? How many times have you been blessed in a particular way and it looked totally different than the way that you thought it would? See, God's trying to expand our hearts, open us up so we, unlike the disciples, we don't miss out on his visitation that he's bringing to us. Here's the last thought. God's looking for this devoted exaltation who will declare his praises. 
And in order to do that, we need to adjust our expectations. But really at the heart of this is that we would contend for revelation. We contend for it. What's interesting about this is Jesus says that these things were hidden from them. This hiding was a very sinister hiding. That's what it's speaking of. When you look at this and you study this, it's speaking of a demonic thing that's taking place. That's keeping people's minds blinded. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so they can't see the truth and the reality. It's revelation that's needed in this hour. We all need it. Every single one of us, I need it. I need it to be able to understand what are you doing, God? How are you visiting us in this moment? I need to see it for the person that's right in front of me. And what this means for us is that we need to read our Bibles like we never have before. We need to listen to the word. We need to get this word inside of our hearts. See, when the word gets inside of our hearts, according to Psalm 119, verse 11, that we're able to deal with one of the enemies that blinds us from seeing the truth or the revelation of God. And that, that enemy is sin. And God says, you can deal with that when the word is hidden in your heart. It's a tool or weapon. But when the word is in your heart and then it comes out of your mouth, it becomes the sword of the spirit that's able to push back the devil with his temptation, his condemnation, and the ways that he would try to bring blindness to us. And so that we need the word of God in our lives like never before so we can walk in revelation and God can transform us by the renewing of our minds so that we are able to see by revelation what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. This is what he wants for us. The word of God like never before, praying like never before, and the, the prayer has got to be deep. It's got to be constant. Deep means that we're able to actually pay attention. We can listen. We're not so plugged up to our devices where we just can't hear what God's saying and have time to, to be silent and to, to let him flood our souls with, with his truth. It means that we need to be constant. It's a daily thing. It isn't like I, I, I'm just praying my, my prayer at the meal. God is great. God is good. And I thank you for my food. You know, that, it's not that. It's, it's, it's constant prayer. I'm open, God. I just finished my devotional time, but I'm also looking for you and praying and listening to you when I'm in my workplace, when I'm in my school, when I'm in my neighborhood, when I'm in my recreation and I'm working out, wherever it is, I'm looking for you, God. And I'm open to you speaking to me. God wants to do this because he's visiting us. He's calling us to open our eyes up through prayer, through reading the Bible, and have this revelation. Not, it says that it was hidden from their eyes. God wants our eyes open. Reminds me of recently, I was in New Orleans, and I was with this uh, young man, a whole group of people, and I was encouraging them to open their eyes and to go out and do different things, to just pray for people, see what God would do, and few of them went out and, you know, they, they did their thing and, and, and not much happened, but they were just happy that they were able to open their mouths and pray for people. And they'd never done that before. It was like, praise God. And we celebrated because that was progress. Every little bit counts, family. Every little bit counts. And so, so what happens is that there's this one guy, Shane, small guy, short guy with glasses, and he goes, goes out 
at night, dinner time, goes to Chili's and he meets this waiter and, and he looks at him, he's like, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna talk to this guy. He's big and I just, I don't know what's going on in his life and I don't want to, but he keeps feeling a prompting from the spirit to talk to him and when, so he opens up his mouth, he says, I, I, can, I, can I pray for you? And the guy's like, why you wanna pray for me? He's like, hey, listen, you know, if you don't want me to pray for you, it's fine, you know. He said, no, I'm just, I'm not asking because no one's ever asked me that before. I've never had that in my entire life. He said, I, I, I would like that. And so he, he gets real bold. He's like, okay. And he starts praying for him. And he said, I really believe God wants to just bring healing in your life. And then the guy just, he starts opening up to him and he says, I, I, I just went through a divorce. I hate my wife, my ex-wife. I'm bitter towards her. I'll never forgive her. And he's just, just really angry. And this young guy, he's like, I don't, need, I don't know what to do with this. And he's just like, why? So he just said, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray. And so he prays for him and prays for God to heal his heart. This man, after the prayer, he says, you know what? I feel something different in me. And he says, you know what, I think I want to forgive my wife right now. And so he, he, he forgives her right there. He's crying. And, and then Shane starts crying. They're crying. And it's just this moment. And then Shane's like, oh, do, do, you, do you know Jesus? Like, are you, you of Christ? He said, no, I, I, I don't. And so he preaches the gospel to him. And he gives his life to Christ. He becomes a believer. And then they, they leave after it being one in the morning. He's now got to get up at 5.30 to go back to work. And he texts Jane on the way. He said, I am so physically exhausted, but I'm spiritually alive. And he said, I finally understand all those prayers we prayed in Catholic school about our father. I really have a heavenly father. See, this was because someone said, I'm going to contend for revelation." I'm going to believe, and it was simple, but one little thing brought transformation to his life. I want to say this today. I believe God wants us, your believer today, to participate in his visitation. If you don't know God today, though, you have to know this and understand this, that the road that Jesus was taking down the Mount of Olives up to Jerusalem, he didn't take that road for himself. He took it for you. It was on that road into Jerusalem that he was headed to the cross where he would be betrayed, he would be abandoned, he'd be whipped and he'd be crucified for your sins. For my sins. The sins of rebelling against God, disobedience, living for myself, making myself really the God of my own life, making decisions without him, without his word. The sin of doing wrong to others, mistreating them. Jesus took all of that on himself. And in exchange for anyone who would believe in him and trust in him, he says, here, I'll, I'll give you forgiveness if you believe in me. And I'll extend my hand for fellowship and relationship with you if you trust me. 
This is a relationship that lasts forever. So if you're here today, I want to let you know, even if you don't know God, God is visiting you today. That's the reason why you're here. He's speaking to you. He wants you to be a part of something great. This is what he's speaking to you right now. I want to take a moment for us to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to pray first for those of you who don't know God. If that's you, you say, I I, I really want to know God and I want to enter into a relation, a loving relationship with him. I didn't know he died for my sins so that I could have a relationship with him. We can bow our heads and close our eyes. You say, I I, I want to know Jesus today. I want to put my faith in him. Just raise your hand. Is there anyone like that? Anyone like that? Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. See your hand. Anyone else? See your hand. Today's your day. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for creating and loving me. I confess that I've sinned and I ask you to forgive me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you that you rose from the dead and that you're coming back again. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Now, Holy Spirit, and fill me up, empower me to do your will and to follow Jesus. Amen. I want to do this right now. If you say, I want to participate in God's visitation and what he's doing in America and in Mosaic Church This might be your first time. I want you to know you've joined and you're part of a good church. God is moving here. He's expanding something big. If you say, I want to do that, just stand to your feet right now. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you would be able to keep all that was spoken today. If you could, if you don't mind doing this, I, I believe that there's an impartation that God would give you to receive. Just extend your hands. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every person here. You love them. You care about them. And you have spoken to them on multiple occasions about what you're doing because you don't want them to miss the visitation. And now, Lord, I'm asking that your people would have a devoted praise, a devoted exaltation of you, Regardless of their circumstances and situations, they would lift you up before anything else. Lord, I'm asking in Jesus' name that you would help them to adjust their expectations, to see what you're doing. Help them to contend for revelation. Lord, let them adhere to and cling to your word, not popular ideologies, not the philosophies of men. Let your anointing fall upon them. Bless them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, 
please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.